0: Hi I'm Ollie and welcome back to Mixed Talk. How have you been Jazz? How's your past two, two weeks been?
1: Yeah I think it's been two weeks. I haven't really done anything exciting. I don't know I feel like April's just gone very quickly. How is it the last the last day of April? It's the last day. Yeah.
0: Oh my god <laughs> that is making me feel nauseous. What is going on?
1: Yep, so nothing major really happened in my life. I think, so the first week, I really didn't do anything. I just had work, and then on the Friday, I went out, oh my God, I completely forgot. I went out on Friday with Liv, and um, we had like, she, one of her friends was supposed to go out with her, but she, like out last minute so Liv was like oh can you come with me because she'd booked um she'd booked like drinks which she got like you know like when you have to pay a fee and then if you don't turn up you have you get charged so she had that and then she also bought like tickets to go to swingers which is crazy golf and she'd already bought the ticket so she was like oh Liv like it's a way jazz it's a waste of money come <laughs> with me I know what twin I am. I just want to put that...
0: You just want to put that, although you know which twin you are. Are you sure about that? Yes. Okay. We love this. We love to hear this.
1: And, um, yeah, so it was a really good night and we got quite drunk. And then, weirdly, Aspian messaged me, yeah, saying, are you in Soho? And I was like, yes, I am. Are you in Soho? And he was like, yeah. Um, do you want to come to this club? So me and Liv looked at each other and was like, shall we just go? Like, why not? So we met Aspie and Rune at a club, (laughs) which was so random. Um, It was a really good club. It was a Latin American club, so the music was really good. But it was just like the randomest thing because I thought they were still in Denmark. Do they live in Denmark? Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were in Denmark, but apparently they're living in
0: London. That is so weird because I actually was thinking about them the other day. Like, nothing too weird. I was like, I just literally, their names just popped up in my mind. I was like, I wonder how they are. And then I just kept kept on living my life. That is yeah. so weird.
1: I hadn't seen them in ages and then just popped up. And I was like, yeah, why not, like, just say hi. And it was a really good night. And then that was it. And then went home. And I haven't spoken to either of them since
0: it's just so random they're just the randomest people i know i don't know. Oh, bless them
1: yeah but so that was interesting and then what else did i do oh i went to my first awards night and it's not very exciting it's not as exciting as going to like the oscars or something but it was quite good it was for finance so all the categories, I really didn't care about, you know, like...
0: No, it when you like, say finance... Oh, Lord. Mm, mm. It was finance awards,
1: and the only awards that we went for was uh, the diversity and inclusion one. Oh, We got no. nominated for, but we didn't win, which was a bit sad because we were the only table full of, like, w- women. So we had all women, had me as, like, the token a mixed race person (laughs) and um one gay guy on the table which you think sounds bad but technically when you looked at all the other tables at the awards dinner um it was all middle-aged white men or just white men so in that aspect we were doing pretty well on our table
0: but why do we need a diversity award
1: I don't know. We always it's just a
0: go weird for the diversity one.
1: awards.
0: I don't it's- know whether I find it so... Like- oh, congratulations. You've like um, recu- recruited diverse people. So like, are they there because they're good at their work? Or is it because you want to fill a quota?
1: So I don't think it's about recruiting enough people within work. I think it's about the stuff you do for diversity inclusion rather than... Oh.
0: actually the amount of
1: diversity inclusion you've got so okay now for example it. yeah so for example um we're quite big on the women front which is I think quite difficult in finance I'm guessing so we've got like a women wealth manager network and it's a group where all like women that are wealth managers can come and like talk about being a woman in a wealth management because it's very male-dominated, and we win a lot for that, and stuff like that, but...
0: Okay, okay now I'm on, I'm on board.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I mean, I know what you mean, though. It's weird, like, going for a Diversity and Inclusion Awards, but, yeah, it was good. I mean, there was free course meal and really good wine, so I didn't pay for anything, and then I was allowed to get a taxi home, so...
0: We love corporate.
1: Yes. And I thought I just... So it was kind of hard to dress. That's the only thing I would say. I didn't really know what to wear because all my dresses are a little bit, like, low-cut. And I thought, that's not really appropriate for a corporate dinner. So I had a dress that I wore. And it was just black and um, long sleeve. but it had, like, a bit of tees, And it was nice, but I feel like I... I was underdressed I felt like I could have gone more out there but it's really hard to tell like everybody had like big ball gowns on like full-on dresses like it was proper awards I was not prepared No. but anyway I feel like that was the most exciting thing of my life in these past two weeks so I will pass the mic over to you what have you been up to how's your days been
0: my days have been quite all right <clears throat> sorry about that i've uh, uh i've been i've been sick but i'm fine now but um let's try not to say param so last weekend i went to my first ever bachelorette party and that was for my sister and i started reflecting on my life because i was like how the fuck did i get here because i remember i think it was like last last year or last year but once where I was like okay I'm gonna go on this journey of actually getting in touch with my family and now I was like at her bachelorette party and I was just sitting there like how did I get here I don't know but we're taking tequila shots okay uh so that was fun so we kind of so little bit background story of that one like the sister who's getting married she has the nickname tequila queen um that has come that has come out from a lot of messy funny legendary stories of her and tequila and with tequila you have to have you know like the fiesta the Mexican theme so we went for a Mexican theme bachelorette party with like sombreros and a lot of nachos and yeah all that jazz um and it was just it was good we kidnapped her to like a little cabin and I was the driver and I have never been more happier to be the driver because people were drinking at 10 a.m my niece showed up from a crazy night out because one of her friends like, turned 20, which is a big thing in Norway because that's when you can start drinking hard liquor. Because before that, it's only like beers and wines, and when you're 20, you can actually go buy yourself a vodka. So it was like a wild, wild night. Um, so she came and she was shaking, she was looking at me and like she was shattered, she was like Ugh. so hanging. And I was just saying that, like, you know, that they have a shot ready for everyone except the drivers, and I just I lost it. Anyways, people started drinking at 10. And um, we had, I had to drive like two and a half hours out in the woods. It was great, it was nice. And we just drank a lot, we just drunk so much. I think my, I have not drunk that much in a hot minute. And I'm very happy that I actually kind of stayed or paced myself through the night. Cause if not, I would be throwing up and I knew I had to drive the next day as well so I was like okay we're not gonna get too like 12 is the latest I can get a shit face because then I'll have to like sleep it off so yeah it was fine it was good um work is okay is good I got a really interesting thing I had to make a presentation um not for myself I had to make a presentation ready for my boss that he will like then use it for the board for a board meeting and I was shitting my pants because I was like there was this one slide that I had to get numbers from twenty eight two 2008 and see I'm not a finance girl <laughs> I don't do numbers I have not done math was one of my favorite subjects in high school don't get me wrong I just have not been doing math since high school, I know my basic everyday need mathematics, but how am I supposed to get numbers and read the numbers? So I had like a five-hour meeting with um our in-house finance girlie, which kind of was nice. It was fun because like she's actually my friend out of work as well. So we do a lot of like workouts together as well and just chill outside of work, so we were just laughing the whole time, like, going in and getting to the system, and she was teaching me things, and teaching me, like, what this finance words mean, and I was like, I don't, I'm never gonna use this again, but okay, I have a little phone crisis as well, my, so I have two phones, my first phone is, like, my backup phone, which is cracked, and I just noticed that I have insurance on it, I literally just found out I had insurance on it, uh, my, new phone or like my second phone is overheating and like the battery is running out really quick um the last day of in my insurance is the 11th of May so I had to send that one in first so I'm using my backup phone which has like thick ass crack in the middle and I can't send it in until I get my other phone back so then I can like because I need my phone to work I cannot risk not having a phone because I need it for work but yeah um That has been my week. I went, I fucked up my shoulder as well in the gym. But other than that, it's not that bad anymore. But I just lifted something and then I heard it crack and I was like, oh, that is not a good sound. Um,
1: But yeah. Yeah, that is not nice. I mean, a little bit different, but I, I got like whacked in the face at netball the other day. girl and then it all like bruised here but it's all fine now (laughs) um and then my finger got caught as well in netball at a separate occasion and it blew up but I think it was just like bruised so I was kind of lucky on that front but I like never hurt myself and then in the space of one week no three days I got two injuries I was like wow
0: (laughs) you look like you got into like a proper bar fight yeah,
1: everybody was looking at me like, what happened to you? And I was like, What do you mean? <laughs> I <was>
0: like, oh <laughs> Oh my god. Do you have pictures?
1: No, I didn't take any pictures which was kinda of silly. I just you have to carry on go. with my life. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> As so, if it's all normal and dandy. Yeah. Alright so this theme is black authors in school and just in general and I wanted to kick this episode off with talking about a little bit of statistics, statistics and the statistic is in how many black authors are there. So this is based in the US, a lot of information is based on the US. I found it also quite a little bit difficult to find a lot of information or like thorough information. There's a lot of wide ranging information about Europe, but a lot of deeper understanding in America for one reason or the other. But the most common ethnicity of authors is white, which is 75.6%. Uh, Followed by Hispanic or Latino, which is 7.6%. Black or African American, that is 5.9%. And unknown, I don't know what they mean by unknown, but that is 5.6%. So... Yeah, that is a huge chunk of white authors. And we're going to dive deep into why and how and all the nitty gritties. So I've gotten a little information from a website called pan.org. Um, if it's relatable, reliable, don't know but that's that's where i got my facts from today (laughs) um in 2020 the publishing industry entered a moment of moral urgency about the persistent lack of racial and ethnic ethnic diversity among employers and authors the industry is dis disproportionately white and the canon of published books from the trade publishers is overwhelmingly so according to one analysis 95 percent of american fiction books published between 1950 and 2018 were written by white people while the analysis look at a bro- broad sweep Of time, more recent figures indicate that both the publishing industry and the books it puts out remain disproportionately—I cannot say that word, even though I've said it multiple um, times—disproportionately white. The lack of diversity in the ranks of publishing professionals. And in the working, brought the market are linked in a cultural industry like publishing, where subjective interpretations of what constitutes good or marketable literature are a major determinant of what gets published. The whiteness of the industry's staff has accomplished a largely white crate of published authors so that is a big big chunk of white people writing and why why is it important to read black literature this question has kind of popped up in my mind so many times and when I say black literature I'm not talking about black history and I'm not talking about educational purposes but more of like you know like an english class you get to write, read a book and analyze it it could be 13 reasons why or it could be another book where you analyze it so why is it important to read what's the difference between a white person writing 13 reasons why or a black person writing 13 reasons why so reading books by black writers is important in helping us understand the world around us as well as what it means to be black We learn by understanding the richness of human experience by exposing ourselves to new perspectives, stories that break down barriers of inequity, stereotypes and bias. It's stories that foster inclusiveness and generate empathy when they're told when we don't tell the stories that reflect our diverse identities within our society and omit these experiences, we erase these identities and silence so many voices. Reading stories of the Black experience by black authors is important because only a black person can tell you what it truly is like to live in their skin. Through the power of storytelling, black authors help us understand their struggles, their triumph, as well as everyday life experiences. By celebrating and supporting black authors and publishers, we make room for authentic storytelling that reflects black experiences, identities and voices. So, that you can a white a white author can write a black character that is there because it's an understanding and it's just a lot of research but you cannot write a black character as a black person can write a black character because they know the struggles the lingo and all of (coughs) pardon me all of that nitty-gritty things it's essential that we as readers engage with Black literature beyond narrative of Black struggles. Racism is not only the only thing to know about what it means to be Black. Black Lives Matter means the whole of Black lives, not just suffering or persecution, not just Black deaths and racism, but the joy, sorrows, love, struggles that fit in it triumphs and all of this matter so it's not only about the downgrade because I feel also personally reading the news or like reading black authors it's all about the struggle and how they struggle to get there and it is important and we need a spotlight for that but what about the happy times what about the successes that they got and the love that they had and the family that they've built what about the the happy places because i feel like a lot of lately what i've been reading is the struggles but yeah. what about the joys you know
1: yeah i get that that's really interesting actually and it's <laughs> such a shame that the number's so low i think like how do we have so little authors um or black authors or black literature um I just think that's such a shame and I agree like it shouldn't all be about tragedy or black history as such and um it should be also about the joys of like a black person or the happiness because when we think of the different varieties of books just thinking of I know Shakespeare's plays but Shakespeare has comedy tragedy and like romance and stuff and history so why can't black authors have that variety as well why does it have to be like pinned down to their experiences of hardships and struggles so I really like that and I do agree like even it's not about um, it's not that white people can't necessarily write a black character and add diversity to their book it just won't be the same experiences as a black author putting in a black character like you said they would definitely be more relevance or it would just be more
0: accurate in that mm. sense I think that's really no, yeah. a little interesting fact i'm gonna dip dive a little bit into the uk side of it a little bit closer to home i guess and this like little part is focusing on children books Um, so a report by center for literacy in primary education revealed that although the number of black asian and minority ethnic protagonists in children books have increased by one percent in 2017 to four percent in 2018 the numbers are crazy out in here um there are still there's still a long way to go to achieve representation that reflects the UK population and I feel like that statement just says a lot because when I go to the UK I think of diversity and it was one of the reasons that why I wanted to move to the UK. UK is because of the diversity that it has in there. I came from a little white, I w- white town, I guess, very Chris- Christianity um and it's just not as diverse that I would love to and I remember like all the stares that I got so going back like, to London thinking or oh, not London but like the UK thinking about the diversity and how many people have like immigrated there should be reflected in the books that are there selling because it's not just a first generation thing. this is multiple generations of different ethnicities that have been living in London when I say London I'm in mean the UK I've been, I've been I'm becoming one of those people London is the UK. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the lack of role models meant that children of young people of colour were less likely to aspire to careers in the sector. This is this was compounded by the lack of diversity, particularly in senior roles in publishing, for those who have part pu- pursued a publishing career experiences of everyday racism and microaggressions were widespread this added to feeling of frustration and the sense that they were not welcomed or did not belong in the industry In um, overall this all has a knock-on effect on what gets published authors of color that have been spoken to and expressed frustration about the commissioning process this included quotas for books by or featuring people of color and perceived limited appeal for these books and a feeling that authors of color could only write about race issues okay this is my last little um contribution within the facts side of it and it is a article or a blog that i have been reading lately when i say lately i mean just right now and it is the um, let me see what it's called it is lulu, lulu blog and there is a black author that writes there a little bit and she's called sarah Raughili. roguely Rogili sorry if i put her that name um and she is an academic and children's author she has written the young adult fantasy trilogy the Iphigals and the bones of ruin a novel about an african tightrope dancer surviving apocalyptic victorian london that sounds very very intrigued and i might go into looking into the books but she starts this article that is titled why the sudden interest of black authors doesn't feel like victory Um, and she states that in the summer of 2020 the murder of george floyd and the ensuring black lives matter protest forced the north american publishing industry along with its global consumers to confront its racial prejudice They led to they led to calls for a systematic change and diversity. They led to promotion of black authors, to and to the increased placements of our books on the reading lists. They led to increase of my book sales, but at what cost? What does it mean to be an author emotionally navigating the fact that it took a black person's death for someone to finally decide? that my books were worth reading that was deep that is no but that's when like people started it's also like art art is expensive when when a when the artist is alive or like if it's a well-known artist is selling their their pieces and then once they die their pieces become so much more worth and what kind of message is that because when they're dead obviously they're not going to make any more so that, like the art that they've made is precious but why isn't it not precious when they're alive because it's still a single piece and they still have they they have something to say at that time so why why is the death the um price to pay
1: i don't know that's very interesting um I, that's kind of an interesting way of looking at it because actually for the research that I looked at, um, Penguin Books partnered with the Ronnie Mead Trust, which is like a UK charity, um, and it was in 2020, and for some reason when I read it, I thought, oh, maybe it's because it was COVID and people were struggling and they thought, you know what, actually, just realise there's no like black authors. Then now it makes sense that it's to do with Black Lives Matter and um George Floyd Floyd's death. I think that's really sad that it had to take something so major like that to cause black artists, black authors, um black creatives to be noticed in the world. That's really shame. Um and it's also kind of sad to hear how little um how little black authors are even like no in the world like in the world like the 1% to 4%. That's ridiculous. And you're right the fact that the UK is or especially London is very diverse you'd think there'd be more diversity within the books, but actually I think Britain's kind of one of the worst in my experiences for literature of wanting to keep this, like, traditional... Traditional, and bunny quotes... Um, traditional, um, kind of, like, literature within English studied at schools because even a few years ago, um, I was the last year to learn American literature within English. Um, they took it out of books. They said, oh, no, we can't learn about... Um, American literature because it's not British. What's the point of doing that? Um, So they changed the whole syllabus to only English authors, Uh, even though the books that we read were, like, really good and really prominent in society.
0: So it's kind of interesting. That is... That is very interesting. I don't have the same... I don't have the same experiences well within like the Norwegian system but I don't think we had any black authors that I know of and if we did they made sure to underline it especially at uni we've talked about this before so i'm not going to take a lot of the time talking about this again but any black authors we had to underline and know that this was a black black author and we were talking about diversity and there was like a whole week or two dedicated to it and it was this big shazam thing and then we continued to read about like white authors after that so
1: yeah that's my experience Sorry, and I was just gonna say the fact and I know we brought it up so many times, but the fact we had literally two one or two weeks, two sessions dedicated to black authors and artists in drama and in film actually I think. We had like Black Panther for one week. It's just <laughs> it's just like why can't it be integrated into the system rather than a standalone session? like what is that saying
0: no I get that why why can't we just be like okay so we're gonna look at black panther well I did I did black panther for one of my exams I remember that it was so amazing I was living my life um but I do get like read understanding especially in film because there's so much about lighting and a black complexion because i sometimes where i've been analyzing films and you can see that the lighting has been has been put into a white person's or like a white person's idea of what is good lighting which does not mean a black person can really be in that lighting because they start having like this blue blue shady thing that is not really flattering so kind of looking in that perspective it is a good it's it's a good enough reason i guess but why not look at Black Panther of how it's built and how it's like cut and just because it's a film, not because it is Black History Week and we need a black film to to talk about. So yeah.
1: Um, so going on to this and I didn't actually bring it up in our little chat at the beginning, but... I did do something else that was very interesting these past two weeks um, which actually fueled this episode. I went to a literary festival called and I think it was like the Murky Books Literature Festival and it was a free festival, it was just a small venue and it was to promote black authors and black artists um, in the film industry um, mainly and like in the literary f- um, industry and it was trying to like show that they were important in these fields and how um and this like work they've done and stuff like that and it was really interesting um, so I actually watched a... I watched a talk from people that worked at Netflix and it was... It wasn't actually all... uh, It wasn't all uh, ethnically... uh, Ethnic minorities or ethnically diverse people. There was, like, a white man and a white woman on the panel and stuff. But it was quite interesting to hear, like, how to get into Netflix or how they got into Netflix and how they got there. And then I also... um, this director spoke about his short film which was about a black barbershop and it was about men black men showing their vulnerabilities on screen because for a lot of people not just black men a barbershop or a hairdresser's is quite an intimate place to be and a lot of people find it as a safe place to talk about what they're doing in their lives, weirdly. So um, he kind of created this atmosphere of a black barbershop and they were getting their hair cut, but while they were getting their hair cut, they were talking about what's happened in their lives and how they wish they did something differently or how they feel about what's happened in their lives and, like, their vulnerabilities. And it was really interesting. Um, And then another aspect of it was... Penguin Books helped create this uh, literary festival, and they are have started this new, uh, I don't know what to call it. I guess scheme called Lit in Colour with the Ruddy Me Trust, and they want um, they want more Black authors or ethnically diverse authors to be in. Uh, the curriculum, or in British education, which I thought was really interesting, and one of the things that they got us to do was write down which authors we wanted to see in education. So, um, before I go into that, I do actually have a couple, um, a couple um, stats that were quite interesting as well they're kind of similar to Ollie's but um, apparently there are 34.4% of students that are black Asian or minority ethnic only 0.7% of students study a book by a writer of colour at GCSE and 0.1% of the students study a book by a woman of colour at GCSE um and at most seven percent of students in England study a book by a woman at GCSE, so it's very small. The fact that it's literally zero point one percent of a text by a woman in colour, I don't even know if that counts because how could it be zero point one percent? Is that like one book?
0: Is that yeah? I, I was about to say how
1: how is that even possible? I know. And um, looking at it, it also says like nearly every young person studies English literature until the age of 16. So the fact that we have no ethnically diverse authors within, within like education, bearing in mind that everybody studies books until the age of 16 is kind of worrying because it's not showing what society or culture actually is. So anyway... I'm going to go into the two books that I would choose Um, and they are actually both by women of colour and I didn't mean to choose two women of colour, it's just the books that I like and I think would be really good within education. So (laughs) So the first author is called, and I feel like I'm going to mess up her name, so it's Bernadine Evaristo. She is a British black author of 10 books and numerous writings that span the genres of fiction, verse fiction, short fiction, non fiction, poetry, essays, literature, criticism, journalism, radio, and theatre drama. She was the first black woman and black British person to win the Booker Prize in its 50-year history. Um, this novel also won many other prizes including British Book Awards, Fiction Book of the Year, Author of the Year and Indie Book Award for Fiction. It was the, sun- the number one Sunday Times bestseller for five weeks And it was the first woman of colour to achieve this position in the paperback fiction chart, spending 44 weeks in the top 10. There are now over 60 translations of um, Bernadine's books in over 40 languages. And this is actually the book that I chose. I didn't actually realise how big it was, but I guess that's why I probably read it and loved it. So the book is called Girl, Woman, Other. um, And it was published in 2019 and it follows the lives of 12 characters in the UK over the course of several decades. So I will just go into a little overview of what it is. So the book is divided into four chapters and they each contain different episodes about three people who are directly connected in some way, the majority as relatives. Although each character has their own chapter set across a particular time, their lives intertwine in numerous ways from friends and relatives to chance acquaintances. So the reason why it's quite interesting is the way it's laid out. And I think it is, I think all the chapters are in first person or in third person, but it looks at a different character at each time. But as I said, three Th- the first three characters, the three characters are like, so it's like part one, part two, part three, and there's three chapters almost within each um, part. And those three characters are related in some way. So the first one, the first section, which was actually probably one of my favourite sections, looked at a mother called Amma, who's like a famous playwright, and she's really big, and she she's quite into her like looking at how she's um she's a black playwright and how she doesn't get as many chances but also because now she's a black playwright she gets more chances on big theatre shows and people are always asking her like what's it like to be a black artist and I thought that was really interesting and then it goes from her, and she talks about her daughter in her book, and you kind of get her point of view of her daughter. And then you get the daughter who she lives in at uni, and um, she, uh, yeah, she goes to uni, and it's her point of view. So it kind of switches. They're all connected in a way, and you look at the daughter's point of view in her life as a um, as a student living. In uh, living in the UK and how she kind of sees it as a more diverse place, I guess it's just quite interesting. And then it looks at her friend, uh, Emma's friend, so the mum's friend who moves away from the UK because she falls in. She's very much into her culture and her race, and she moves away and falls in love with this woman, and they go to this kind of. I wouldn't say it's a cult it's almost like a um I don't know how to explain it it's like a almost like it's like another place where it's only it's only black people and it's where they're supposed to thrive as black people it's like a black community but actually she ends up being in a abusive relationship with this woman um so that's just like a little idea of what it is. But the reason why I think it's so good is it looks at all different types of people within the um, within the book, and it is mainly women, as you can tell by the name, girl, woman, other. But it is not just about it's not just about their race, and I think they are all. Um, they are all women of colour but it also looks at like the fact that it looks at oh okay so actually to a woman can be in an abusive relationship with another woman like it's not all good and it looked at um it also looked at like um so when it oh this is hard to explain it also looks at um like transgender and um a person who is transgender and who like falls in love with a woman and how their like relationship works it also like has really like crazy stories it looks at like a mother who falls in love with her daughter's husband so (laughs) which was really weird but I think it's like really nice that it looks at so many different characters and I think that would be so good to look at in education because there's so much to write about and then somebody could pick a certain character and talk about that within their essays basically Mm. but I would definitely recommend reading it it's very interesting
0: that sounds so good Um, I want I want to read it
1: it's so good I definitely recommend reading it and it does look at it looks at different generations as well it's not just like all this certain time like one time and one generation it's all these different generations it's all these different women it's just it's really good (laughs) um so I will just quickly go into my other one because I feel like I've spoken for ages um but the other book um is a bit more Um, it's a bit more of a classic book I'd say so this one came out in 2019 the other book that I think would be good to look at came out in 2004 so it's a bit of an earlier book and it is quite a big book and again this is a very well-known book so I don't I actually don't understand why this isn't already in the curriculum um but the author is Andrea Levy and she is again a black British author and she wrote the book Small Island I don't know if you've heard of it but it's actually really big in it's really big in England Uh, they've they've literally just had a it made into a play and the play was a big success in the UK that's why that's partly why I think it would be so good to have um on the curriculum just because not all children um like reading books like I think it's it's very split some children are more visual learners and the fact that you could go to a play to understand the book or maybe I think there's even a film of it the fact that you could watch the film or the tv show of it helps bring children more into like reading and actually liking literature so anyway this novel Small Island is based on four main characters Hortense Queenie Gilbert and Bernard and the stories are From each from their points of view again. And it's set in 1948 and it focuses on the dysphoria of Jamaican immigrants who are escaping economic hardship on their own small island. So so Hortense and Gilbert are a husband and wife and they move to England because... um, they believe so the men have just fought for world war ii and they believe that if they move to england they'll get a better life so it's that kind of um it's like what happened to i guess my granddad and nan they moved from guyana to england because they thought they'd have a better life and it focuses on how they thought it was going to be this amazing um this amazing life but when they get there it's not as great as they thought they had they're living in like a one bedroom apartment together which is tiny um and then like it's just and um it looks at how um it basically just looks at how when they move to england they're not welcomed and how they deal with like not being welcomed uh into this um in this area and then it also looks at a um, a um, an interracial relationship, and again it's set in nineteen forty eight, so it's quite a big deal. It looks at like this uh, woman who falls in love with a Jamaican Air Force serviceman, and um, and it looks at their relationship, which is quite interesting. But yeah, I just think it would be really good because I know he said you shouldn't look at history and the struggles of racism, but I think that one would be quite a good one to look at to see what it was like for black people and actually integrate their history into English history.
0: I don't know. <laughs> no, I find I find that book quite interesting because yes, we've we've had a whole discussion about how we shouldn't focus on the bad things, but we should also still have a place to talk about the struggle and. There's not really a lot out there about how people struggle to get into, like, the UK history, like, not even the history, but, like, get into the UK and get in- integrated. I don't know if it's because they don't talk much about it or if there's just not a lot. I don't know. But that sounds very interesting. I would love to read it and see how, like, they experienced their integration period within the UK and how just have the thoughts and feelings yeah. around it.
1: I just, I think it's such a good book, especially because... This is where, like, the nerdy side of jazz comes out.
0: (laughs) We love the nerdy side of jazz. Let's go. I
1: think it would be such a good book to read on, like, the curriculum. And I would love it because you also have so much context that you could, like, bring towards the book. It wouldn't just be like, okay, I'm reading a fictional book and can you tell me what's happening in this book and what you found interesting. You could also bring history into it and actually bring articles from real life stories and match it to that book and kind of compare and like contrast how it was similar or not similar I just think it would be really good
0: (laughs) that sounds so interesting I would love that I really would and it's also like a nice way to integrate like research and other things that you need if you want to study or if you want to write, it kind of helps you do your research and be like, okay, so this book is talking about ABC and you can see it's correlating to this person's story and that person's and kind of like build, build an understanding and not just one story says it all, but kind of get those little branches out there and take a little bit of facts and kind of, yeah, see the similarities and not the similarities because every individual story is different depending on where, when and how they got there
1: and there's two women of color that can go into the uh into the education system and bring that uh bring that tiny 0.1 figure up to (laughs) 0.3
0: let's go let's double it let's double it let's go 0.3 or triple it let's triple it quick math let's go (laughs)
1: um anyway if you have any books from black authors or maybe any ethnically diverse authors that you really think should be in the education system or just even read if you've got any recommendations please dm us at mixtalk99 or if you want to send us a nice little email and you're old school please email us at mixtalk 99 no, mixtalk99 at gmail.com
0: yes lovelies remember to take care of one another and we will speak real real soon